Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Testing. Test. Good morning, everyone. We're excited to share with you guys here this morning. And um, God is good. Uh, Pastor Joaquin uh, asked us to share with the congregation uh, what we shared in the workshop. And uh, it has a lot to do with what you see on the screen there. It says building a godly home. And um, uh, for some of you, it'll be repetitive. Uh, because you heard it already, but I'll tell you, we've added a, f- a few things to it. Uh, pastor was like, you got to do it just like you shared it, because that's exactly, that's the ingredients, and, um, and, and we want to do that. So I'll tell you, I, I've, I, heard, I even heard myself sharing this message, and I need to hear it constantly. I need to live it constantly. So uh, if you've heard this once, you've heard it twice, you've heard it ten times, hear it again, and write some notes down, some things you missed last time. And if you didn't, then this is an awesome time for you to receive um, and uh, if you're, you're here and you're far away from building a godly home, you're a young person, I'm going to tell you, I really wish I heard this type of message a long time ago because I wanted to be prepared like this. I mean, this is awesome. Uh, uh, definitely, uh, you want to know how your future is going to be. Well, you want to do it right from the beginning. So uh, for those who don't know, my name is Kenny Hanau. I am the youth pastor of this church. And my name is Jenny Hanau. And uh, let's see if we can get this slideshow working. Is that on over there, Omar? Ready? There we go. It's working. And those are our four kids. We have three boys and one girl. Um, Brian is our oldest. He just turned 10 years old this week. Then Matthew is our second boy. He's eight years old. We have Ashley, the princess of the house. She's six. And our little one, David, just turned five. Yeah, and I mean, all these kids, uh, they're, to us, they're our treasure and they're our everything, but they're really all so different, and no matter how hard we try, we, we work hard at, 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 at give, making them the best kids ever, um, we discipline them the same way, we raise them up the same way, same parents, same strategies, uh, and, and it really is a challenge, yet these kids come out so different. Um, I, I, we've got Brian. I mean, he's just, uh, to me, he's such an example to the other three, but he has such a tender heart. And even when he was young, he had a really strong character, believe it or not. And the Lord has broken him, and you, you see his heart today, and, and it, it, it really is amazing. I mean, Matthew is, I've always said, he's a ball of energy. I mean, he's just nonstop. He's always running. He's, he's athletic. He's, he's bouncing off the walls. And um, his name a hundred times a day. Yeah, I mean, he is the most said name at home. Um, and uh, uh, Ashley, as you know, she's my princess. She's my everything. And... Um, Oh, she just, she really steals my heart, takes my breath away. Um, and that's on a daily basis. Um, my wife, too, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, David, um, he's, um, um, man, God's going to use him tremendously. You know why? Because he's got, he's got three examples. He's got three men in his life that he's going to look up to. Wow. I mean, that is, is just tremendous to have, to have that. And I'm going to tell you, I love being a dad. 
uh, and I love, I love being a husband, but I'll be the first to tell you that I don't have, um, I don't have it all figured out. I don't even have all the answers. Um, I mean, we're really a work in progress, and uh, so we've got a lot to learn ourselves. And, uh, but today, I, we really want to share with you our hearts on, on building a godly home. Um, we, we really work each day diligently to make sure that every step we take is the right step. And I hope that each and every one of you, whether you're here as a father, as a mother, as a single mom, as a single dad, as, uh, as even someone who's not married, or maybe your, your, your kids are just way, are out of your house already, I'm going to tell you it's never too late to build a relationship at home with whoever it is, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your, with your mom, whether it's uh, with your, anyone who lives there in your house. It's really building a godly home is what we want to focus on today. And uh, I'll tell you that above everything, building a godly home, is, is this clicker not working? There we go. It is working, I guess. There. Um, above everything, I know that everybody here desires to have a godly home. And um, I'm putting three points up there, and it's a godly home. Look at the one all the way to the right. Everybody desires to have a godly home. But I'll tell you, you can't have a godly home Unless there really is a godly father figure in the house. And I know there's the case where, where there's not a godly father in the home. And I'm going to tell you, it really is by the grace of God where God fills that role as the godly father of that house. And, um, and we're going to get into that as well because I think that's, an, that's very important. But before you can be a godly father, you must be a godly husband. And uh, notice I'm talking to the men here. This is real important for a godly home. It is, it, is, it is God's order in the home that you must be a godly husband. And, 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 I, and I'll tell you that if, you don't, if you're not a godly father in this place, if you haven't been the best father you're supposed to be, I'm going to tell you to stop right there and be a godly husband first. Because first and foremost, that's the most important. This is the foundation of it all. When me and Jenny build on a daily basis, it's far more important than anything. It is what holds our marriage together. It's what holds our family together. It's what holds our future together. And we got to do things right. And, um, and, the, and, the, and there's a verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 11.3, and it says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of woman is man. Understand that for a second that, see, above you men is Christ. And right under you is your wife. In other words, you are the head of the house. And it's not this macho thing that you say, oh, I, I make the rules. I say whatever, I say whatever we do. And, and I'm, I'm, it's not a dictatorship. No. In fact, it's the opposite. It's you serving your family. It's you laying down your life. God has called you to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And that means laying down your life. Laying it all down for everyone in your home. And the head of, of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. And I'm going to tell you, when a man realizes before anything that God is his head, it changes everything. It really does. It's a reflection. Everybody in the family will be a reflection of that man. Whether it's a good father or a bad father. And, and, and likewise... Women, you want a godly home, you must be a godly mother. But before that, be a godly wife. Be a, a, a godly helper in the home. 
one that serves, doesn't complain, doesn't nag, but is there serving the house, tending the home, serving your husband. And, and these are, this is God's design. I mean, I want you to tell you something. This is in my blueprint. I, I don't, I'm going to tell you that there are so many principles that you can apply to your marriage. We're only going to share a few today. Um, I'm going to tell you, if you really want to dig deeper and deeper, I would talk to Joy and Zuleika and come to one of their seminars. And there's just so much material. Join the marriage groups and, and meet with them when they meet. And you need more and more of this. We need more and more of this. But more than all, you know what we need? We need more fellowship with other couples. Very, very important. I'm going to tell you, you can't do this on your own. One of these youths shared yesterday, I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And that goes with everything in life. I need help in every area of my life. I mean, from my home to my business to, to you name it. I, need, I can't do this on my own. Yes, I have God on my side. And I'm going to tell you, that's your number one ingredient to have. But I need people in my life. I need couples in my life to sharpen us. And I've been sharpened along the way, trust me. And we need that. So um, uh, I want to tell you that we, we have godly principles in our marriage. And from the moment we got married, we've been married for 12 years now. And um, it's really been an awesome journey. It really has. Because uh, before I got married, people said, man, don't get married. You crazy? That's hell. I mean, you don't even know what you're getting into. And you know what I did realize? It is hell when it's without Christ. It really is. It's a nightmare without Christ. I can't imagine what people would go through without having Christ in the center of it. And many of you maybe in here went through that trap where Christ wasn't there. And many of you, I know God rescued you from that. And praise God, you have a testimony to share to those that don't have Christ in the home. But I'll tell you that even from the beginning, we had to set guardrails in our marriage. We said, you know what? We're going to set principles where we're not going to be slamming doors. No matter what, these are, these are rules we're going to set in our marriage. And, and, and we, we made other ones like, we won't leave the house upset. No matter how hard, how hot it gets. Because it could get hot sometimes. But you don't leave the house upset. And these are principles that we said we're not going to do. Or going to sleep angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, the Bible says. And when we decided, you know what, it, it may be hard for a man to do. I say it right here. I admit it. It's very hard to say I'm sorry. To say it's my fault. I mean, we have the, the, the Adam in us that just points. And, 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 and I'll never forget the time where Jenny just called me out after saying, no, no, it was you and all that. And then she just called me. Yeah, yeah, right, Adam. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, I needed to hear that. I needed to be hit by a hammer in the head. And you know what? You are right, honey. I am Adam. And I messed up. It was my fault. And I'm going to tell you, going to sleep in forgiveness, I mean, that's the greatest thing. That's what set us free when we came to the Lord. It was God forgiving us of our sins. It set us free. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing in your house. God, God always uses marriage as his representation of his love for us. And it's the same way he forgives you. You forgive your wife. Or you say, honey, Ask, I, I, I pray that you just, I, I beg you that you forgive me because I've messed up and I want to do it better. We, we said we'll never mention the word divorce. I mean, that is not even in our vocabulary. It's never to be said. It's never to be even be thought. It's not an option. We're going to fix this no matter what. 
If it ever gets as bad for better or worse, that's a vow we made. We're going to make sure that we live this through and we're going to leave a godly legacy to our children. Something for them to look at and say, man, I want my marriage to be like that. And, 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 I wanna, and, I, and again, I, I want to speak to the men here. Date your wife. I'm going to tell you that I'll tell you that's one of the greatest things that I've been ever, best able to do in my marriage was date my wife. It was one of the best things I've ever done constantly. It is so important to get to know her more and more and more. I mean, I'll, uh, guys, I'm sorry, but, but girls, I mean, that video that, that they showed of John Davis and Julie is so true. It's like women are from another planet and you're over here and it's just, it's a totally different language and you got to get to know them and study them and understand them. And I'm going to tell you, the more you understand somebody, the closer you get to them, the stronger the bond is. And uh, there's nothing like a date night where there's, where the kids are just, you know, being babysat and it's just the two of us. And I'm going to tell you, that's priceless. I mean, at times we're like, we're not even going to go uh, to a movie. I, I'd rather go to have dinner because I, I want to talk. I don't want to look at a screen. I want to look at you and we need to talk. And, and I'm going to tell you, that's been the best. That's been one of the best building blocks. And, and, and husbands, do it right. I mean, when I say date your wife, don't, don't, don't just go home and, and say, all right, let's go. We're going to go out and, and uh, uh, where do you want to go eat? No, make a plan. Make a plan. Make a reservation. Um, uh, you know, get some roses on the way home. I mean, write her a note that day. Make it special. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to sweep her off her feet. She'll never forget that. She's going to love you. She's going to serve you. And the next day, you're going to have a nice hot meal. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to look good. You're not going to get drive through or pizza. No. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be blessed. Picadillo, yes. Joey. Joey gets picadillo at home. And um, again, I talk to you guys as husbands. I talk to you as wives. This is the foundation of it all. And... Um, and, and these are just several principles. I mean, there's hundreds of them. There really is. And I, I can't be here, uh, you know, five hours today talking to you about it. Um, but again, I, I, I ask you guys to connect. Connect to couples. You, you, I mean, we're available. Joey and Zuleika, I mean, uh, these are people that for years we've been connected together. And it's been such a blessing. I mean, I, I can't tell you that if I don't have this in my life, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And you can make marriage be the best journey ever. And uh, today I want to focus a lot on, on building a, a godly home. And um, it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. And, and, and children, I'm going to tell you, they, um, they say that sports figures need to be careful how they live their life because they're models for your children. Um, you got people like LeBron James and... Uh, Kobe Bryant, and all these sports figures, and all these actors and actresses, and, and, and they say, man, these people got to be careful how they live their life because these kids look up to them. And I'm going to tell you, no. I'm going to tell you the biggest influence of all is going to be you, mom and dad. The biggest influence of all is going to be you. It's not their friends. It's not, uh, it's, it's not their um, cousins. It's not anybody out there. No role model. You are their role model. And they will do all that you do. They will be watching you and all you do. I want to show, show this quick video. I know many of you have seen it. But every time I see it, man, it brings a little tear to my eye. And, and, and it's so true. So let's go ahead and let's watch this video real quick.
Dad, you don't know it right now, but I'm watching you. Watching the things you do. I'm watching the way you treat people. The way you treat me and my mom and my sister. The way you live your life is having a big impact on me. When it's time for me to choose a career and provide for my family, your work ethic will be on my mind. The time you spend with me, even doing simple things, will give me a sense of security. There will be times in my life where I struggle with integrity, and I may be not sure what to do. But I will recall how you stood up for what was right, even if you could have looked the other way. Many of the choices you are making, I will also make. Please don't be afraid to show me your failures, to show me your mistakes. I will learn from them. Dad, are you listening? I'm watching. Watching to see if you really believe what you say about God. I need you to help show me the way. Show me how to live life that isn't safe, but is good. So I'm watching you, Dad, every day. You're teaching me how to live, whether you know it or not. So I'm watching you, Dad, every day. You're teaching me how to live, whether you know it or not. That's a fact. Your children are going to do what you do, not what you say. And, and many parents, many fathers know how to preach it, but very few live it. And your children, you can, you can tell them all you want. Uh, you, don't do this, don't do that. This is how you are to live your life. But if you aren't living that life, it's useless. Forget about what you say. Your children will do what you do. Remember that. And, and Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you don't need to tell your children that. You don't need to tell your children, imitate me as I imitate Christ. They will. They just will imitate you. And uh, there's three verses here, and uh, Jenny, if you can go ahead and uh, read them. If you can turn to 2 Kings 15, 3. It says, Azariah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had. The second verse is 2 Kings 15, 34. Same pattern. Your children will do what you do. Jonathan did what was right in the eyes of the Lord 
just as his father Uzziah had done. And 2 Kings 15, 9, Zechariah, he did evil in the sight of the Lord as his fathers had done. So isn't that powerful? I mean, just look at the word of God, these examples that these people did just like their fathers did. I mean, the first one, the second one, even the last one, it says he did evil in the sight of the Lord, just like his fathers did. It wasn't he did like his father told him to. He did like his fathers did. And, and, and again, we know how to preach it. We tell our kids, respect your mother. Listen to your authorities. Yet we don't do the same. They're going to do like their father did. And I'm going to tell you, your children are going to do like your father did. Brian, a few years ago, well, yeah, when he was in first grade, my son turned 10 years old already um, this past week. And it's exciting to know that. I mean, uh, I know God is really making a world changer in him. And, um, but when he was in first grade, he was asked to do uh, a uh, project. And he was asked to, uh, to choose a career, any career he wanted, and to write a, pro- and to write a report on it. So he's a first grader here. And um, he was like, Dad, this is hard to choose. Because I know you like computers. And he's talking to me like, because this is what I do. Um, he goes, you like computers. And I know you have a, a computer company. And, uh, um, but you're also a, a, a pastor. You're also a youth pastor. And I, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, whether it's this or that. I mean, he didn't choose anything else. Uh, he loves sports. And he didn't choose to say, I'm going to be a professional. Which a lot of kids say they do. But my son, Brian, he told me I want to be either this computer guy. Or he wants to be a pastor. And I go, look, son, Brian, you're going to have to choose that on your own. And you're going to have to pray about what you're going to do when you grow up. And then, you know, he goes, you know what, Dad? I want to write about being pastor. So here's his project. And um, it was a pastor. He, he called it Pastor Brian. That was the name of it. And so he's the author. He's the illustrator here. And he drew it first grade. And um, it says, when I grow up, I want to be a pastor. A pastor is a person that teaches people about God. He knows a lot about the Lord and so much about the Bible. He is also in charge of a church. Now we, let the, we let him just write this up. However he felt like it, he, he, he wrote it up. A pastor does a lot of things. A pastor showed, should love everyone even when they make bad choices. He will teach them to do what is right and not what is wrong. A pastor loves the church. He is always excited to go to church because he likes to teach people about God and praise the Lord. A pastor blesses people. He prays for kids that don't have moms and dads. And he also prays for other people that are sick and need help doing stuff. He praises the Lord everywhere he goes, even on vacation. I can't wait to be a pastor when I grow up. The end. And this is something I'm going to take with me everywhere. And I'm going to frame this. I'm going to put this up. I'm never going to lose this. This is the legacy I want to leave my child. I want to leave all my children. And I want them to leave that for their children, for their descendants. And um, again, I'm still a work in progress. And I don't have all the answers. but But I have God's grace in my life. And I trust in God and I want his blueprint for my life. 
I want what the word of God tells me to do as far as marriage. I mean, this book is filled, filled with everything, every instruction you need for marriage to do it right. For every instruction you need to, for parenthood to do it right. As a father, as a mother. And it's by God's grace where he'll fill in those areas that you're missing. I've been speaking a lot to the fathers here. And my heart goes a lot out to all those moms here that don't have a father figure in the home. Maybe he's not around. My heart aches for you. And it's, it's, it's really by God's grace where he will fill that area up. And um, I'm really moved when I, when I see things like these statistics. And it says in a single parent home where the mother is the head, 30% are more likely to get into drugs, violence, and alcohol. This is where there's not a father in the home. And the mom is the head of the house. It says 30% of them will be in trouble. It says in a two-parent home where the relationship with the father is fair to poor. That means this is where a father is present, there's a mom present, but the relationship isn't good. The father isn't around. He's always working. He's always busy. He doesn't have a relationship with the kids. It says 68% of them are more likely to get into drugs, violence, or alcohol. So it gets worse. It gets worse when there's a father in there and there's a bad example it's better the mom to be off by herself. And I'm not asking for you, to, I'm not telling you to divorce here. I'm asking you to pray for your husband. Because when you pray for your husband, look what happens to, to the statistic. It says in a two-parent home where the relationship with the father is good to excellent, when there's a great relationship, it says only 6% of them is likely to get into drugs, violence, or alcohol. And these, and these are statistics given by Focus on the Family and, and surveys they did. And um, whether these numbers are off by some, the reality is when there's a father in the home, a father in the home that takes responsibility for the home, you're going to raise up a legacy that will do the right thing just like as you did. And, and again, going back to moms that don't have a father figure, I, I tell you and I ask you to look for men. It could be a pastor, a youth pastor. It could be an uncle, a man of God that can be there to mentor your children because it's so necessary. It's so important for them to have a model, a male figure, a man of God for them to look up to. And don't think it's impossible. It isn't. For God, all things are possible. You do what God has called you to do today. And I want to, I've been living with this principle for the last 12 years of my life, and I would say even before, not knowing it, but I learned this principle many years ago. I was about 17 years old when I heard this for the first time, that rules without relationships lead to rebellion. And, I, and this, this applies to your, to your business. This applies to your home. This applies to any area where you are the person to give rules, where you have an authority in the area of that life, of your life. I'm going to tell you, rules without relationship, it leads to rebellion. In other words, if there isn't relationship in the home, and you're, you're constantly giving rules, you're, you're telling your son, you're telling your daughter, do this, do that, but you don't have a good relationship with him or her, he's just going to do, he or she's going to do whatever they want. They're going to rebel. They're going to say, who's this person who's trying to tell me how to live my life, yet this person's never home for me? 
He's always telling me to, 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 to treat my mom with respect, yet he doesn't treat mom with respect. He's never around. So who am I to listen to them? Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. It's a fact. And I apply this to my workplace as well. If I don't have a good relationship with my employees, I can't tell them what to do. Yeah, you say, yes, you can. You pay their paycheck. No, they won't. They won't work hard. I want them to work hard. I want them to work diligently. Well, they got to know that I, that I trust them, that I love them, that I care for them. I care for their families. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And there's a formula here. We say we need relationship. Well, time equals relationship. The more time you spend with someone, it's a fact. You will have a better relationship with that person. And I'm talking about guys, girls. It, um, um, it could be a friend. Whatever it is. Spending time with someone, there's a fact. You will build a better relationship. The more I talk to a friend of mine, the, more, the better friends we are. The more I talk to my wife the better friend she is. And I'm going to tell you, this is the best friend I have. Because we talk so much, you have no idea. Really, you have no idea how much we talk. I'm talking about from the morning, I mean, even though it's, it's sometimes chaotic in the morning with the kids getting ready. I mean, we, we try to talk here and there. But on my way to, to dropping off the kids to school, we're talking. I drop off the kids. I'm like, I'll call you back. I, 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 on the way to work, I'm calling her. In the middle of the day, we're, we're calling each other, texting each other, and and on the way home, it's just nonstop communication. And I'm going to tell you that is so key, so key for a godly home. That is so key for building relationships. And I'm going to tell you, you young ones that have your parents here or, or you, you want to be close to someone that you should be close to, spend time with them. Parents, spend time with your children. And build those relationships so that you can apply rules. And I'm not talking about rules like don't do this, don't do that. No, tell, give them the rules of what they should be doing. The godly principles. Train a child in the way he should go. You train them in the, in the ways of the Lord. But you must have a relationship with them. And uh, I've asked this many times and I've told this to the congregation. And many of you know the answer. But I asked the question, do you know how kids spell love? Do you know how kids spell love? Well, they spell it T-I-M-E. That's how they spell love. They look at that you love them by the time you spend with them. By the time that you sacrifice for them. You know what it tells them? It tells them you mean the world to them. Because you're willing to sacrifice all your busy, all your busyness. You're willing to sacrifice that remote that's in your hand all the time. And you say, you know what, I'm going to spend time. You, you, it tells your, your son, it tells your daughter that, you know what, you're more important than my laptop and, and my business and my work. And, and you're, I, I'm going to spend time with you because I love you. When you spend time, it's going to better your relationship. That's, if you spend time with them, it's going to increase the love that you have for them. And so I, I want to share with you guys today uh, four key principles. And uh, the first one I want to share with you guys, and this is, so we want to increase our time with them. 
right? Because again, the more you spend time, the better the relationship. And you want to you wanna build a godly home. And you want to have these rules, but rules without relationship leads to rebellion. So how do we build stronger relationships? By spending time. Well, today I just want to share with you four quick, four simple things to spend time. And there are many of them. Again, this isn't a blueprint to a perfect marriage, to a perfect godly home. I just hope that you apply principles where you are spending quality time with your children. And these are four areas in spending time that we do. And the first one is conversations. And I'm going to say conversations are so, so important. I've told you time. I spend so much time having conversations with my wife. But I'm talking about with your children as well. And if you don't do this first, stop where you're at and start to have conversations with your wife. Start to build this relationship. Put your children aside for a second and build this. Build the foundations. Tear it all down and start all over. Once this is built, now spend time with your children in conversations. And uh, one of the things I love to do, and I really love to do, is take my, my daughter out on a date. And, and, and I cherish those moments. They're awesome. And I mean, and here's a picture of, of a collage of pictures when we went on on a date. And... Uh, she loves this. I mean, this really means everything to her. And it means everything to me. And you have no idea what that day consists of. Uh, when I tell her, I mean, I plan this in advance. And I, and I tell her, you know what, we're going out on, on, on Monday night. Um, and she's all excited about it. It's like, Monday night's coming. And she's all excited about it. She's already got her dress ready. She asked my opinion. What do you think? Should I wear this one, that one? She wants me to do her nails, her hair. She's super excited. She's all excited. And, and she'll call me up at work that day. And she's like, Dad, are you ready for tonight? And uh, what are you going to wear, Dad? Um, Mom already did my nails. I got my hair ready. I got my dress. Um, you want me to tell you what I'm going to wear? And I go, okay, go ahead. No, should I? And I go, yeah, tell me. She goes, I'm going to wear the polka dot dress. I'm like, oh, I love that one. She's all excited. And, and um and we have a place where we go out and, and have these dates. We go to Bonefish Grill. It's like our place. She doesn't want to go anywhere else. And so I just, that's it. I just go over there. I go table for two. She's all excited. And uh, um, this is our place. She says, nobody's allowed to go out there. She says, only for you and me, Dad. And nobody's allowed to go out there unless it's a couple and it's a date night. But it's nobody else is allowed to go there. Look, there's a date over there. That's a, that's a mom. That's a, a dad and a, and a daughter. Look, that's a mom and a dad together. And, and just happens to be that every time we go there, there are people on dates. So she's all excited. Um, and, and she knows everything. She remembers everything. She goes, Dad, remember we sat there the very first time. And over here we sat here and sat there. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, this is all beautiful and cute and all that. But I'm going to tell you the greatest the greatest thing of all, of all this, is the memories we create, is, is the time I spent with my daughter. It will never be forgotten. And, and when she grows up and she's ready to walk out that door, she's going to think twice and say, man, is, is this guy that I'm about to leave my house for, is he as good as my father? Is he, is, did he, is he opening the door for me? I mean, is, is he making these plans ahead of time? Is he respecting me like dad respects me? Is he a man of God like my dad is? Is he sweeping me off my feet like my dad is? And this guy's got some serious competition. And, um, and, he, and he's got he's to go through four men before he can go through my little girl. Got my three boys and me. And a shotgun that I need to buy too. <laughs> nah. All right. Scaring all the little juniors in here. All right. Let's, uh, 
All right, so four key areas in spending your time, conversations, um, number one. And uh, uh, I got another story to share. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, men, more than anything, even, even moms, um, I would say even date your sons. And don't call it a date night because my sons hate that. If I say it is on a date night, no, I, we, we call it just like a hangout. Let's go hang out. And they love it. I hang out with my boys all the time. And it's a, it's a one-on-one. Sometimes I'll just grab one and I'll just take them with me, and whether it's Publix and all that. But um, I noticed I was leaving out my little one, David, because I would always hang out with Brian and Matthew. They're, my, they're the oldest. And then Ashley, of course. I mean, I date her like crazy. And, um, and until my wife confronted me and said, honey, you got to spend time with David, more time with him. I mean, you're always hanging out with the boys. You're always dating Ashley. And, and, and you need to hang out with David. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you men here, sometimes you got to listen to your wife. Well, I say all the time, listen to your wife. I mean, she's got, I'm going to God put a, a woman of God in your life filled with so much wisdom, wisdom you don't got for you to listen to. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm so blessed to have the wife I have. And I was reminded by that. I needed that in my life. And so I... One day I was just there in the room and, and out of nowhere I grabbed my keys and I go, hey, David, let's go. We're going to go get some ice cream. And uh, all the kids were like, okay, it's not fair. Um, can we go? And I said, no, Brian, Matthew, we're always hanging out. We play baseball together. We do this together. Ashley, come on. We go to a lot of dates. And David's all excited. He's like, yes. And uh, he gets his shoes on. And he, 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 he actually, that day, he went out with his pajamas. And he was all excited. He didn't care. We went to go to the ice cream place. Um, and uh, you can just imagine, uh, he just turned five now. So here, here I am with a four-year-old. You can just imagine the conversations that you have with a four-year-old. It's just all over the place. Um, I mean, we talked about baseball, about football, about next year he's going to Westwood. He's all excited. He even talked out of all, all of a sudden. He just said, hey, remember that ball you gave me, Dad, that football? I just love it. And, and again, it isn't about having this structured conversation with him. It's just it's a conversation he will never forget, a time that he will never forget that my dad loves me. And and and. After we had ice cream together, and we had a great time. I took him across the street to Publix just to buy him a Hot Wheels car. That's it. We made the line. The lady's looking at me like, that's all you came to buy was two Hot Wheels cars? I'm like, yeah, it's for my son. And, uh, and, and he was all excited. And that, that, that really um, blew his mind. He was like, wow, my, my dad's awesome. And, and I went home. And um, he was excited, showing the cars to his brothers. But you know what touched me the most that night? was that 15 minutes later, 10, 15 minutes later, that we walked through that door. He was there playing with the cars. He just comes and runs up to me and gives me a hug. And no words, just a hug. And you know, that hug tells me, it told me, Dad, I, I love you, and, and I appreciate you. That hug told me, Dad, you know, in the, in the midst of your busy schedule, you're willing to sacrifice and spend time with me. You're willing to let go of your laptop. You're willing to let go of the TV, the remote, of everything, and spend time with me. That's what that tells your son. And he's only five, but it starts at an early age. Next one is laughter. And uh, I think this is such an important ingredient um, in, in, our, in this last conference. It was love, live, laugh. And, and, and uh, it, I'm going to tell you, if there wasn't laughter in our home, um, with all the headaches that these kids give me, we'd be in trouble. And I, I love that Proverbs that says that um, a joyful... Um, a joyful heart is like good medicine. And it's, it's so true. 
It really is medicine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that Tylenol doesn't do or Advil. It, it's you need joy in your house. And from the moment I walk in and, and those kids hug me, the, I mean, it, it just, it's a joy that I can't explain. But man, when those kids make me laugh, and if you have a Matthew in your house, I mean, he'll keep you laughing all day long. I mean, this guy's a trip. Uh, he's just, he really is so fun. And, um, but it's so important. And it creates positive memories. You never forget the laughter. You never forget the joy of those fun times. Um, this last uh, December, we uh, took the family out on a, on a trip. And we wanted to take a road trip out to St. Augustine and a couple of other places. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to spend some good money on my good family because I'm a good father. And, uh, and, and I'm going to give them the best vacation ever. And so, so, so it was an expensive trip. I didn't think it was this expensive. But I went, I took the road trip. I didn't know St. Augustine was going to be that expensive. But we, we did it all. And I just want to show you a couple of pictures. So uh, we got there. Welcome to St. Augustine. Founded in 1565. And I'm going to tell you, you may think it was boring to my kids. But my kids were like, this is awesome. Because they were able to see... Um, the old schoolhouse were like, this is how it was back in the day. And uh, they all got to ring the bell. David wanted to ring the bell. Everybody rang the bell. They went to the wishing well. They made, they made wishes there. Um, they posed for some pictures. We went to the mill. We went to the castle. Um, they got on the cannon. Matthew loved it. Look at that. They thought they had guns, except Ashley. So, I mean, these people felt like warriors out there. They even went to where the, where the soldiers uh, slept in the castle. We saw the cathedral. We saw the horse carriages. We, saw, we walked in the town. Beautiful time. We saw the oldest house in the United States. We posed for pictures. We took the tours, the trolleys, you name it. We went to the chocolate factory. Where they make chocolate. The kids love this. They had so many samples. If Ashley sees that picture, she'll be so mad because she refused to take pictures with that little cap on. But it was mandatory to wear it because we were in the chocolate she was factory. Like, Dad, <laughs> don't post that on Instagram, all right? And um, so please do not tell her you saw this picture. All right. And they were even chosen as volunteers there at the chocolate factory out of all the people there. She was able to give out chocolates. So did Matthew. We took a picture with Lucy from I Love Lucy. We saw the lights. The light tower. We even ate ice cream. And, and so we had a wonderful time. It looks like a blast, right? And it was a blast. We had an awesome time. But I, so I asked the kids at the end of the trip. We're on our way home. And I go, um, hey, kids, what was, uh, so what was your best part of the trip? Tell me. Like, what would you like? I mean, so I'm like, I'm, all, I'm like, I better hear about all this stuff that we did because we spent a lot of money on this. And, and so I want to hear some good news. I'm like, what, what, so what did you like about it? And I'll never forget what Brian Matthew told me. Um, and um, they were like, Dad, this was the best. Listen, when it was freezing outside, it was like 40 degrees and, 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 and we were in our pajamas. And you told us to, like, let's go outside to the car to get something real quick. We're just going to run. And it's freezing. No sweaters, nothing. And, and we ran all the way to the car. And, and, and I, we jumped in the car while you were outside. You were unclipping something. And all the bike rack fell with all the bikes. And then we saw you. And you couldn't lift up the bikes. 
We came outside. We helped you. We put it back up. And, and we lifted it up. And we clipped it back on. We ran inside because it was so cold. Man, that, that was so funny. That was the best. And I'm like, are you serious? That was the best? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, it was laughter that created the best memories of that trip. And laughter doesn't cost money. It requires good times, times with your family, times with the people that you love. It is really good medicine. The next one is the family meal. And uh, I grew up in a home where, where, um, where it, this was something serious in my home. My, my parents, uh, and coming from a family of eight, my dad worked real hard and sometimes worked till late nights if he had to. Sometimes he had two jobs and, and do whatever it takes to provide for a family of eight. And uh, in my home, we ate about five times a week in a family table. And sometimes we had to wait for my dad to come home, whether we're starving or not. And uh, my mom would give us a snack or something. But we would always sit around the table and we did it together as a family. And, and that was real important for us. And for me, it was the opposite. I would just get my plate and go to my room and eat. We weren't accustomed to eating as a family together. So we're trying to do that now as, as, as the kids are getting older. And it's hard. I know that a lot of us have hectic schedules, the kids in sports, different activities. It's hard to get together and set that time apart. But we've seen what a blessing it is to our family when we do take the time to do that. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and it's been hard for us. It really is. It's not an easy task. I don't think it's an easy task for anybody. But it's such an important time. It's such an important time to connect. And uh, when we sit around that family table, we want to make sure that our conversations are good conversations. And, uh, and that they aren't, this isn't a time to discipline your children or, or to, to, to tell them off or, or to fight. And, and it happens. I mean, I've got a lot of little kids. And, and it's, it is sometimes a battle at the dinner table, wherever it is. But you want that table to be remembered as, man, this is a place where we grew and connected together. And, and, and we have rules in our house. I mean, we definitely don't have a TV in the room. And I don't recommend anybody have a TV. Do take it off. Disconnect it. Remove it from the wall. Whatever it is. Because you shouldn't have any, anything that's going to distract. I mean, we have a rule that says we're not, we're not playing with iPhones, iPads, iPods. Nothing. I'm not even taking business calls. I don't care if a client calls me at that time. And I'm available for my clients 24-7. Well, it's not 24-7. I tell them that, but it really isn't because it's 24 or 23-7 because it's that one hour. It's that one time when I'm with my family that there isn't no interruptions. And it's so important to us. And, and the world can wait. The world can wait for that one hour. And make it productive. Spend time with your children. Ask the right questions. I mean, I, um, you can ask a question. I mean, simple questions. Um, if you had a million dollars, how would you spend it? And, uh, and it's just like, okay, what kind of question is that? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, it tells you a lot with how you're doing as a parent. Because if your kids start to say, man, I, I, man if I had a million dollars, I'd, I'd really feed the poor. And, and I, I'd give money to missions. And I'll give money to spring of life so we can get a whole new church. And, and if you hear the heart of your children saying that, you're doing, a, you're doing the right thing. But if your children are saying things like, oh, I'm going to buy more toys. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this and get that, the new bike and the new iPod. And, 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 and you're in trouble. You've got some work to do. And uh, so ask some questions and see the fruit that comes out of that. And it's so important. All these conversations, all this time is so important. And uh, this is a picture of our dinner table. 
And as you see, it's a, it, it's, it's a very simple table. It's not a, any, anything extravagant. Except The only thing cool about it is that there's a big, long bench there. And the kids love it. They all sit around the table. Um, we have room for eight. It does not mean we're having more kids. We're, six people in the house is enough. And, uh, and Jenny says amen to that. Um, and don't complicate things. So... Um, like that night, it was just paper plates, and the kids won't remember, you know, at the end of the day, if it was paper plates or your real plates, you know, you do what you can, and it's just basically the time that you have. And like Kenny said, sometimes you picture the dinner table, it's something so fancy that there's never little arguments, you know, especially with the younger kids, it's hard, they're going to argue. I remember one time, I think it was um, Matthew that was talking, and Ashley said that a little piece of spit fell on her plate, and she didn't want it. So you're gonna have like those dilemmas and those things, you know. But it's the memories and the conversations that come out of there that's the blessing. You know? Yeah, and and <laughs> and it is a challenge, you know. But try to use this time to engage in in the other three areas, the other areas that I'm talking about: conversation, laughter. I mean, that's, that's an awesome time to engage some laughter in there. Matthew loves to tell his jokes during the dinner table. He's got so many of them, and he keeps us all laughing and. Um, so, um, the next point is, uh, so we got conversations, we've got laughter, we've got the family meal. And, and again, make a goal to do this. I'm not saying to do this five times a week. If you can, man, that's awesome. More power to you. But if you can do, I would say set a goal of once a week. Say, you know what? We are definitely having this, this, you know, Monday night. This, uh, and, and, and make a goal. Take a step at a time. When you see you've done that one a night and it's just it's a routine, it's just so normal, it's not a big deal, do two a night. Do two a week. Um, and it doesn't have to be for dinner. It could be a Saturday morning breakfast together in the family. It could be Sunday after church. Try not, restaurants are great, but there's nothing like that dinner table at home. And, and, and go home and, and get the kids involved. Get um, Whether it's preparing with the plates. And, and the kids love to be a part of that. So... Um, the next one is prayer. And I'm going to tell you, this is so key. This is such a key area in spending your time with your family. With anybody that you love, that you want to build a relationship with. Prayer produces intimacy. It really does. But more than anything, prayer produces a fruit in your family. Pray for them. And pray with them. And this was a night where um, I got together with them and I prayed with them. And I shared a Bible study with them. And um, I'll never forget this night. I mean, all the kids were listening. All the kids were, were such tuned in to what I was sharing with them that night. I pray with them. We try to pray with them at least. We definitely pray with them when they go to sleep every night. Um, we pray with them throughout the day when we can. And, and we try to, to uh, make this a habit of ours. And it's, you know what, it's not even a habit. It's just it's so exciting to do it. It's not a burden to do it. We're excited to do this. And so when I was doing this this night, um, I'll never forget that when I finished, I finished the Bible study. Uh, me and Jenny were sharing it with them. We walked out the room, and, and Brian calls me and says, hey, Dad, hey, come back a second. He goes, Dad, man, that Bible study was awesome. And uh, so I just wanted to tell you that, Dad. And um, that means the world to me. I mean, it means the world to me that the time you spend with your children um, they will never forget that. They'll cherish that. And, uh, and what came out of the fruit of this was, um, was Matthew. Uh, I was sharing with them the Isaiah fast and what we were doing as a church. 
Isaiah 58, and about sacrificing of yourselves and, and, and lay down your life. And it's not about you. It's about other people. And he goes, hey, Dad, you know, um, and this, this happened in a dinner table. He was telling us this is one of the conversations we had. He goes, hey, Dad, you know what happened is uh, I was in school today. And, um, and, he, and, and, and Matthew's a very popular kid, especially with sports. He's just, he loves sports. He's crazy about it. And uh, so, so he goes, and I was, I was picked as the captain of the team. But when it was my turn to pick the very first person I picked, I could have picked the best person. But, Dad, I remember what you shared that night about Isaiah 58. And, and I picked the worst guy ever. I mean, this guy, nobody ever picks him. Sometimes he doesn't even get to play. And, and I picked him first. And everybody was like, what? And, and, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, I want him in my team. And, and we're going to win. And, and, and that's how Matthew is. And he's so competitive. But to see the fruit of what was shared that day. And, and, and I want to go back to tell you that your children will do what you do. And it's not what you just, that you just pray with them. But if they see you praying with your wife, if they see you praying on your own, if they see you at the table flipping pages through the Bible, reading the word, and it's not going to happen one day, oh, I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to fake this because the kids are coming, so let me pretend I'm reading. No. If they see it as a lifestyle that you're constantly doing, they will do what you do. I'm going to tell you, my house is filled with praise. It's filled with worship. I'm always singing. I'm so passionate about that. I mean, I got a little, uh, a little speaker. It goes with me everywhere in my house. It's a Bluetooth speaker. And it goes with my phone, and it plays music everywhere I go. And when I'm, in, uh, when I'm getting ready, I'm in the shower. I put that full blast. And I've been doing this for months. Okay? And, and, and my kids, now Matthew comes up to me and goes, Dad, can I borrow your speaker? He goes, I'm going to take a shower. I want to praise the Lord in the shower like you do. And, and that's how he talks. He really talks like that. He's with his hands like that. And he's like, I want to praise the Lord like you do, Dad, in the shower. And, um, and, and he borrows my speaker. And now it's like every day he wants to praise the Lord in the shower. I didn't tell him to do that. He, did, he saw that for a long time of me doing that. And now he wants to be like that. And that's awesome. And it's, it's so, so I, I want to tell you something. Don't expect change tomorrow. Expect change in time of living uh, uh, what you sow today, you're going to reap it one day. Don't get tired like the Bible says, like in Galatians. But work hard at it. So I want to, besides those four principles, I want to tell you a little bit about discipline. I have to touch up on this. We're almost done this morning. But discipline is so important in the home. And I want to share with you this verse. It says, no discipline, it ever seems pleasant. It never seems pleasant to, do, to, to discipline your child at that time. I mean, nobody wants to see their children crying when you discipline them. But it's necessary. It says it's but painful. It is painful, not only for my son if he gets spanked. But it's painful for me because it hurts to do that. However, guess what? It produces a harvest, it says. It produces a harvest of righteousness. Do you know what that is? A harvest of them doing what's right. In fact, you're disciplining them because they're doing what's wrong. But guess what? It's going to produce a harvest of things that are right. It is so key. It is so important. And I know so many people that don't discipline. But I'm going to tell you, I challenge you to start doing that. And be consistent with your disciplining. It's not just one time, but constantly and be careful with what you, what you punish them with and say, oh, you're not going to play the PS3 for three months because you, you did it all out of anger. Don't do it out of anger. 
Think for a second. You know you're not going to commit to three months without playing for that. I mean, if not, you're a really tough parent. But say you're not going to play today, and it hurts them. Take away something they really like, especially those that have older children. Um, and it says it's going to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's got to be consistent. This next verse says, whoever spares the rod hates their children. I don't think anybody here hates their children. I hope not. I hope you love your child. And if you love your child, you're not going to spare the rod. I'm not talking about beating your children. And neither is the word saying about beating your children. No. There's a correct discipline. That's why I say don't ever do it on anger. Because it can get dangerous. It really can. When you're angry, the wrong things can come out. And, and it isn't about that. Um, but we do spank our children when we have to spank them. But we choose our battles too. Because if I were to like spank them for everything they did wrong, they'd be hit all day. And that's wrong. Uh, and, and really the truth is we choose our battles. We, we spank them when they need to be spanked. We take away when they need to be taken away. And it has to do with the degree of what they do. But whoever spares a rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful. He's very, he and she is very careful about it. Not to do it on anger, but to think it through. To discipline them. But together with discipline, even greater than that, is discipleship. So discipline is important, but discipleship is even important. That you disciple, you know, d discipline, you're telling them what they did wrong. But discipleship, you're telling them what they should do. Don't leave that out. Discipleship is so important to disciple your child. To train them up in the ways of the Lord. And I love this verse. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today, these commandments that you are receiving today, the word of God that you're receiving today, it says, are to be in your hearts. In your hearts, mom and dad. The word of God is to be placed in your heart. Read it, study it, meditate on it day and night. And then it says, impress them on your children. Talk to them about it it says when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up in other words all day long everywhere always instill the word of God in your children that's how you disciple them and I'm not talking about you have to give bible studies with them like five times a day no I'm talking about man apply God's principles in every area when my kids ask me for something let's say well I tell them well let's see what, what, what God thinks about it let's pray about it and, and they honor that now. And, and, and it's always applying key principles. Put scripture all over your house. I mean, I honor my wife. She puts scripture on the fridge. She puts scripture in the rooms. I mean, everywhere. And I can't, I can't thank God more for that. Because my kids see that. Everywhere you go to my house, there's God. In my car, there's God. In our conversations, there's God. When they sit, when they, before they lie down, everywhere, there's God. And, and this, so, this is so important to disciple them. In fact, God, he, it was so important that you keep reading in Deuteronomy 11. And he says it again. Fix these words of mine in your hearts. Put them in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. In other words, that when your kids look at you in your face, they see Christ. That's how much you should bind the word of God in your life. And this goes with everywhere. This goes with your workplace. This goes with your friends. Anywhere. That people look at you and they see Christ. 
But it says here, teach them to your children. Don't just keep it to yourself. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Write notes. Write verses. Put them all over your house. On my doorpost, I have, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And my kids know that. And when, when one time I was at my door, I was, at, I was in front of my door, and I'm talking to my kids, and, and, and they were like, and they were talking about that they were scared um, for something when, they, when, they, when it's dark and all that. And I, and, I, and, I, and I pointed at that right there, and I go, you know what? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we started to sing the song from Chris Tomlin that we have a God of armies that's right behind me. And, and my kids get excited about that when they hear about God in every area of their lives. Discipline's important. Discipleship's important. Don't miss those two ingredients out. They're key to building a godly home. And um, I want to end tonight and this morning with, uh, um, with, a, with a story about a, a, a dad and a five-year-old son. And um, I want you guys to just listen to this clearly. Jenny, you read the boy. It says here, a man came home from work late again, tired and irritated. He found his five-year-old son waiting for him at the door. Daddy, may I ask you a question? I'm sorry, go ahead. Daddy, may I ask you a question? The dad replied, yeah, sure. What is it? How much money do you make an hour? The dad got mad and said, that's none of your business. Why do you want to know? The little boy said, I just want to know. Please tell me, how much do you make an hour? The dad, wanting to sit down and relax, said, if you must know, I make $20 an hour. The little boy sighed and bowed his head. Looking up, he asked, Dad, may I borrow $10, please? The father flew off the handle. If the only reason you wanted to know how much money I make is so that you can hit me up for some cash to buy some stupid toy, then you march yourself straight up to that room and go to bed. You're so selfish. I work long, hard hours every day, and I don't have time for this. The little boy quietly went to his room and shut the door. The dad sat down and started to get even madder about the nerve of his little boy. How dare he ask questions only to get some money. After an hour or so, the man had calmed down and started to think that maybe he was a bit hard on this boy. Maybe his son really needed the money for something important. And so the father went up to the boy's room and opened it. Are you asleep, son? No, dad. I'm awake. I've been thinking. Maybe I was too hard on you earlier it's been a long day and i took it out on you here's that 10 bucks you asked for the little boy sat straight up beaming thanks dad he exclaimed then reaching under his pillow he pulled out a wad of crumped old bills and the dad seeing that the boy already had some money started to get angry again the little boy slowly counted his money and then looked up at his dad the dad now was ticked off, demanded to know what was going on. Why did you want more money if you already had some? The little boy replied, Because I didn't have enough, but now I do. Daddy, I have $20 now, and I'd like to buy an hour of your time. Isn't that amazing? The children are doing whatever it takes, and it is a heart of a five-year-old, whatever it takes to buy time from their father. And these key principles today that you've learned are, are just a few of many. 
And um, I want to go ahead and, and share this, this last video with you guys. And it comes from the movie Courageous. And I, when I saw this clip uh, two nights ago, I, I saw that it summed up every single thing that was on my notes. Every single thing that was on my, teacher, on my teaching. But it challenges you men to rise up. Let's listen to this. And let's have the music, uh, music team come on up. I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their father in heaven. A father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them discipline them and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. And should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. You can't fall asleep at the wheel only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value, but the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. And we are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ, because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do? I am their father. I will. I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and his blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? Where are you fathers who fear the Lord? It's time to rise up and answer the call that God has given to you. And to say, I will. I will. I will. Praise God. Men, it's time to rise up. I want to ask a question to this morning, and I want to end with this question. Men, what are you going to be known by? 
What's the legacy that you're going to leave behind? Are you going to take responsibility for your home? Are you going to rise up? Are you going to be known as a, as a man who works late hours? That's a great businessman, successful in what he does. Are you going to be known as um, someone who, who's always a good person in the neighborhood, who always serves the community? Are you going to be one that is known by one who's not home? Or are you going to be known as a man who is there, who loves his wife, who spends time with his children? And that says, like that video says, I will. I will take that responsibility. And I'm calling every man in this place, if that's you, for you to stand up today. If you want to take that responsibility as the man of your house. It's not me. It's not the youth pastor. It's not the pastor of the church. It's you. You will determine the future of your children. And to you women, are you going to be known as a woman that is, what are you going to be known by? What's the legacy that you're going to leave? A, a, a woman that's always nagging, always complaining. Or one that is sweet, one that is tender. A woman of God. A righteous woman. A virtuous woman. Where her children's going to rise up and call her blessed. Or even her husband will praise her and I'm calling women here tonight this morning for you to be that perfect helper to help in building a godly home and whether you're here this morning without a husband in the home that God may give you the strength that God may give you the grace that he may be the father figure that you may look up to other men and, and speak to them, reach out to them and say, hey, I need you to be a mentor for my child. Does it mean that much to you? And for God to give you grace, if you are a woman in this place and you want to be known by that, then stand up as well. This morning, I want to pray for you. I want you to, if you're with your family, to hold hands with your family. If you're here by yourself, I want you to pray for your family. If your father and mother are not here in this place, I want you to pray for them. If you don't have a father or mother, I want you to pray for those that are above you. That those that will mentor you, if you don't have anybody, look for them. Because you need that. I need it. We all need it. And I want you where you're at to just pray for your family. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for God's grace, for God's strength, that He is able to do exceedingly above all that we can think He can do. Know that for God all things are possible. Let's pray this morning. Father, here you have, Lord, men that are rising up to be men. I pray that they may change their priorities and that they may rise up and say, I will be the man of the house. I will rise up to be the man of God and I will instruct my children. I will show them by the way I live so that they can do what I do, serve you, so that when they look at me, they may see Christ, 
I pray God that today you may be the head of my life the God of my life the one that will guide me lead me teach me so that I can guide and lead and teach my home my wife my children I want to be the authority in my house I want to be the one that says let's pray family I want to be the one that says let's have a Bible study I want to be the one that says let's praise and worship our God let's give thanks to him I want to be the spiritual authority in my house I want to communicate the Word of God in my home I pray that every man may have this heart but that they may not just say it but they may do it they may live it so that their children may do it Lord we pray for the women in this place that you give them a grace Lord that they may continually pray for their husbands that they may not lose heart that they may not give up for you've called them Lord to be virtuous women you called them to be the perfect helper and the greatest way they can help is by praying for their husband Lord and I pray God that they may tend to hope I pray that every word that comes from their how their mouth is a sweet word is a word of wisdom it's a word to build up and not tear down I pray for those women that don't have a husband in their life or a, a husband that's not around that you may give them the grace the strength the wisdom that they need use them Lord that they may be a testimony to many that your glory Lord may be in their home that they may glorify that they may testify of what you've done in them Lord that you may use them Lord for others that are in the same situation I pray an anointing upon them a special grace upon them Lord that only comes from you you be the father Lord to the brokenhearted to the fatherless father we give you thanks for this morning and we pray God that you just we don't know all the answers Lord but we just want to trust in you this morning we want to give you our best we love you we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen praise God God bless you you may greet each other in the love of the Lord we see you guys this Wednesday and Thursday service God bless you